Have any of you ever heard the phrase tunnel vision? Nobody. You know, I say things, there we go. I say things like that to my family, and I said, have you ever heard this phrase? Or I say it, and they're like, what are you talking about? Tunnel vision. Well, hopefully we know what that is. It means it kind of like the blinders on, right? We, we are so focused, we have such a narrow scope of focus that we really can't see things. We can't see things in our life or, or that, that others would bring or other situations that would bring that would help us. Help us to do things and to be who it is that God created, redeemed, gifted, and called us to be. Tunnel vision does that. And a way to visualize it is kind of like the scope of these next three pictures up on the screen. The first one, take a look at this. Tell me if you can, do you know what that is? you have an idea? This is what happens when you're like this. And you're looking at things so closely with a microscope that you can't see really anything else. But as you start to broaden your focus, maybe you see a little bit more like this. You start to see a little bit more of the picture. You start to get a little bit more about what it is. Even things that are right in front of you that you can't see for whatever reason. And then when you really start to open it up, and I would suggest to you when you have the eyes of God, when you really start to invite the Lord into your life, and you start to see as He sees, you see this way. Things that are right in front of you that you wouldn't have seen had you had tunnel vision. And brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, that's what this series is all about. Can you see it? Can you see it? Can you see who God is? Can you see who it is that he created, redeemed, if can called you to be? In fullness bright, living, powerful colors, if you will. In astounding ways, amazing ways. In ways that would make every need in your life and, and, and as you encounter other needs, have them be met. We talked about that last week, looked at truth out of Acts 4. Can you see that? Can you see your needs being met by God, every single one of them? And then him allowing you to be a part of meeting others' needs. Can you see God using you as an individual follower of Jesus and then the body of Christ together to make an impact that is big, deep, wide, lasting, eternal in community and in kingdom? And it's one of the things that I encounter a lot as I talk to people, just struggles and doubts about that. Not really sure how God can use them or if he can at all. He wants you to open up your eyes and see who it is that he is. How he's knit you together and gifted you to make not just a difference in the world in which you live, but one that lasts forever. To see different things about who it is that you are. To help you grow, to soak it up, to be his chosen, a follower of 
child of God. All for his glory. All for his honor. Can you see it? Open up your hearts to his truth as he shares to you what it is that he has to say about making an impact. Found in a lot of different places today, we're going to read from Acts 5, verses 12 to 16. Hear the living word of God. The apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders among the people. You know, all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. No one else dared join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets, laid them on beds and mats, so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as they passed by. Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by evil spirits, and all of them were healed. This is the word of God. Might it be written on our hearts and lived in our lives. Powerful stuff. Who are these people? This is the first generation of believers, people that Jesus had a direct impact on. Starting with the 12 and then others, apostles, disciples, that Jesus had the privilege of interacting with, that they had the privilege of interacting with Jesus. And this group of, of followers, the first church, is known as Acts 2 Church. And we read about them last week. We're going to read them about them the, the next three weeks. Because great things, amazing things were happening in this body of believers, in these people's hearts. Incredible stuff. They're great examples in a model for any follower of Jesus or any body of followers of Jesus. And today we're going to look at what's happening here, the bigger picture. An impact is being made, an incredible impact that's changing their community and changing the very landscape of heaven, the kingdom of God. And it was happening in all different kinds of ways. We see a couple in particular, but in all different kinds of ways. And I would submit to you they all have to do with this thing called worship. Now, maybe you instantly got a picture that was like this of worship. In other words, speaking of what's happening right now. That is true. There were incredible things that were happening because of their worship, and we read about that at the start of of verse 12 and then 13. We're going to get to that in just a second. But I would hope that you would understand worship in the context of what God desires it to be and how you would understand it, and that is worship as a lifestyle, about being, about wholeness and completeness in our hearts and in our lives. See, God never designed worship, and we'll get to that again later, too, to be just an hour a week. No, it's the all of our being. It's all of our time spent living and breathing that we worship God. And what was happening as that took place, and I would submit to you as you read this, as you think about it, as you can envision what's taking place, you can see people. You can see the actions as you read these words and what is happening in their lives that you would understand 
what's taking place and that powerful worship creates a powerful testimony. I, I think we, we, we know this to be true. And there's an example in a couple different ways in this passage, both in terms of the living of life, but then also in terms of corporate worship gathering together. We read about that at the start of verse 12. It says this, And all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. And then we read in verse 13, No one else dared join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. Doesn't that seem a little bit crazy? I mean, when you read that, because we think of worship and we think of gathering together and that our hope would be that people would, would feel welcome, that they would join, that they would come together, right? And then it says, and no one else dared join them. Why is that? I would submit to you because it's so powerful. They understood what spirit-led worship was all about, and that's what was happening. Whether it's the prayers or the preaching or singing of songs, whatever it was that was going on in their worship there in the temple, it was spirit-led. It was just outpouring of God's spirit. And have you ever had that experience? I know that that's true. And so I think of people who are walking by and see this. And, and I want you to just take a, take a minute and think about where they were. Will you go to that slide? This is the temple. And where they were meeting was right over there. You see that Solomon's porch? They, they, they weren't in the holies of holies. They weren't in other places. They chose to worship there because it was a very public place. It was very open. And so both Jews and Gentiles going to the temple would see them, would hear them. That was done for a reason. It was very intentional. And when that was taking place at that location, as they gathered together, I just try to envision and think of worship that is so powerful, so strong, that it just leaves people awestruck. They're like, whoa, kind of taken aback by that. Have you ever had that experience? Maybe you went somewhere more on that in a, in a minute, too. But, but maybe it was a prayer group. Maybe it was um, worship, and, and just people are knocking it out of the park. And you are so stunned, you, you really can't hardly even engage. I think that's what's happening. And it's happening week after week after week. It's incredible. But don't think that it didn't make an impact. Even though it says no one else dared join them. What do you read right after that? But they were highly regarded by the people. So when people saw that worship taking place and unfolding, and I would submit to you again those things that were taking place outside of that time, all the other things that you read about, the, the powerful and amazing acts that were making an impact, all of that was leading to them saying, wow, these people are the real deal. These people understand who God is. They've got the power of God in them. It's incredible. It wasn't lost on anybody. It was unmistakable. It was visible, pronounced. Evidence, demonstration of God simply by who it is that they were being as they worshiped God. They respected that. They revered that. They were awestruck by it. A powerful testimony. And it made an impact. 
What do we read in verse 14? Did you see it? Highly regarded, and then what happens? More and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. That's what the presence and the power of God does. And in our worship and in how we live our lives, all kinds of things, we're speaking clearly, boldly about God's presence. It's an amazing thing to think about. I mean, you read about it, those, those amazing acts that were taking place day after day. It says, apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders there in verse 12. You go down to 15 and 16. People were bringing their sick and afflicted. They were coming. They were gathering in Jerusalem so, so that even Peter's shadow might fall on them. That's how impacted they were. Think about that. Wouldn't it be amazing? I want you to think about this. That if in your life or in, in the life of this body of Jesus Christ, that, that we, we all of a sudden we have people that are camping out out there. They're kind of leery about coming in, but they, they, they know that the presence of God is here, and so they're gathering and they're trying to at least, you know, kind of like a little bit of association. And think about that in your life. You might start to kind of like be in the fringes of your life. Why? Because they see something in you. And that something is God, the powerful presence of God. It's, it's amazing to think about, and that's what was happening, and that's God's truth and word. Can you see it? Can, can you open up your eyes far enough to look at your world and envision what it is that God could do if we open up our hearts wholly and completely to his presence, and, and I know that some of that's happening and experiencing, God's allowing you to witness and see great and incredible things. What if it were every day all of the time? You think it would create an impact in the lives of those around you, in your life, in your circle, friends, family? You think about work, school, wherever it might be. It's incredible to think about. And it's the truth that God gives and the promise that he gives. You know, we, we, I don't know what it is, but automatically we start to say, God, I don't know, you know, we're talking about me here. And I haven't experienced it or I haven't witnessed that. Or, or maybe just in smatterings or stuff, I just really can't see it. Listen to these words. This is Isaiah 55. Verses 10 and 11. As the snow and the rain come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish. Think about that. So that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. Here it comes. So it is with my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. So, so what God is saying to the prophet Isaiah, to the nation of Israel, is that whatever it is that my prophet brings, whatever it is that I bring to you to speak and to have come into being in your heart and your life, it will create a harvest, an impact. Seeds to the sower, as it comes, and, and the water and the rains and the snow come, they come for a reason. To produce growth, life, 
health and well-being. That's God's promise to you in the moment. As you allow God's word to live in your life, to be sprinkled out around you, it creates an impact, change, growth, transformation, starting with you, starting with me. It's an incredible thing to see. And I don't know if you've had that experience. I'm sure that you have. If, you, if you've even accepted your heart to Jesus Christ, you've experienced the change that God's presence can bring. And hopefully the awe and excitement of what it means to be claimed by grace. Especially if we're open and honest about who it is that we are. We so desperately need it. And then, as truth about that seeps out of your life, And the whole lordship thing starts to take shape. It becomes evident and visible in your heart and in your life. The differences that it begins to make. The impact that naturally comes. It is a beautiful, it is a wonderful thing. And that is the truth that God is bringing this morning. God's presence in people's hearts and in people's lives creates a stir. Excitement, enthusiasm. It's beautiful. Have you experienced it? Can you see it? I went back and I thought about that. went back through um, my life and thought about different occasions. I think about different people that God blessed me with in my life that came alongside of me when I was maybe having tunnel vision, helped me to see things that I needed to see. Open my eyes up a little bit to who it is that God is. So much bigger than what we make them when we got tunnel vision. We get caught and trapped and wrapped up in either a problem or the bigger thing, ourself. You know, we make a world about us. Surprise, it's not. We dare to see what God sees. exciting it's enthusiastic it's it's beautiful i thought of a time um, long ago when i was on a soldier field on the field anybody know where soldiers field is yeah in chicago pro football stadium and i was there and i i really haven't experienced it since In, in that particular situation circumstances tens of thousands of men just men Worshiping and praising God like I'd never experienced it before. Powerful. Now, I've been with guys and, and worshiped and praised God and had that experience. Not tens of thousands, but it was almost overwhelming. It was incredible. It was an incredible experience. I'll never forget it. I can still, if I close my eyes right now, I could still see everything that was happening and all of the praise and all of the things that were being lifted up. It was just a, a surreal moment of praise and of worship, a powerful moment. I I thought of times when we've been in in Guatemala mission trips, standing in in a village that's dirty and up on a mountain, sacred ground, praising God, seeing hundreds of people come to know Jesus Christ. Profound. 
wonderful experience in terms of just, just opening up the heart and seeing what God can do and who he can be. And, and I thought about times of worshiping churches, different ones, sitting right over there and experiencing the presence and the power of God. It's a beautiful thing. Can you see it? Can you see how God has done that in the past in your life? Things that he's bringing his, his presence and his power in in the, in, the, in the present tense? And can you see it in the future? About who it is that, that God is and how it is in and through him. Do you know Philippians 4.13, one of my life verses? I know I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. I can do all things. How? Through Christ who strengthens me. It's all about him. Can you see it? It is just so powerful, so profound. Do you know what the word enthusiasm is? a Latin word. Do you know how it breaks down? I love enthusiasm. I love excitement, but I love enthusiasm even more. It's about passion and desire. And that Latin word is broke down this way. It's en theos. En theos, in God. That's where enthusiasm comes from. The very presence of God in your heart and in your life. Isn't it awesome that God gave you the gift of the Holy Spirit to create enthusiasm in your life? For you to be able to see him well up, flow out, sprinkle and be poured on to all those around you and in your life. It's an incredible, beautiful thing, isn't it? And that's the challenge that he gives he wants you to think about your life. He, he wants you to think about what it's being lived for. And quite honestly, for, for each and every one of us, regardless of where we're at in that, he wants you to see it so that you'll see something different, so you won't have tunnel vision. So that you'll see why it is that you were created. Knit together in your mother's womb, fearfully and wonderfully, Psalm 139 says, Amen. Why you were redeemed, why you received grace in the first place, why you're a follower of Jesus. So much more than what we make of it. You know, I, I sometimes think about lost opportunities. You could sit and rue on them and think, oh, God, I missed the boat. But God wants us to think about the next one, the future. Who it is that you can be, the impact that you can make. In lives around you. And how we can do that together as partners in the gospel. It's incredible. Gifted. Why do you have the gifts that you have? You have a gift and more. You know what they are? Take a spiritual gift inventory. <laughs> Live a life of purpose. You know, there's a lot of things that people do in this world to make an impact. I know I've shared this before, some things that are amazing to me that people will give their lives to. And I would submit to you that none of them None of them, save what is done for God, will last longer than the last breath they take. 
Some people live lives to build a career. Some people live lives to accumulate wealth. Some people live lives to achieve fame and fortune. And I've used this example. Do you know who won the World Series three years ago? They were world champions on top of the world. I don't either, by the way. I'm just asking. <laughs> if you know, well, yeah. But God has something better, something deeper, something wider, something more lasting for you, for me, for us. Just make an impact for him, for his kingdom, something that will be celebrated. Think about it for all of eternity. Isn't that, isn't that profound? And that's the God that you, that you serve, that I hope that you trust and love and that you give your all to. That no matter what it is that you do in terms of being, those seeds that you sow, all of it, to make an impact, that that's going to last forever and ever and ever. And there will be angels and people in heaven that will be celebrating that because of God's glory, because it was God's presence that was revealed. It's amazing to think about. I had the opportunity not too terribly long ago to witness that in action. Um, My wife and I watch uh, college softball. Women's softball. And we were watching the World Series of college softball, and um, Oklahoma Sooners won it. And so they have the post-conference game, right? And there's these three girls that are lined up, and they're going to ask them questions about their experience and what it was like to win the World Series. And their answers, quite frankly, irritated the announcers. They kept wanting them to focus on themselves and the instrumental role that they played in it. These were three girls who literally hit it out of the park or pitched, contributed mightily to that effort for them winning the World Series. And do you know what those three girls spoke about? Jesus Christ. God had given them a platform, an opportunity to speak to all kinds of people. And the announcers wanted them to tell them about how great they were and how awesome they were and that nobody could beat them and that, you know, it was great to be a world softball champion. They didn't have any of it. They spoke about the presence of Jesus in their hearts and their lives, what a difference it made. It made an impact. I'm going to be an Oklahoma Sooners fan for women's softball. I couldn't believe it. It was great. So refreshing to hear. Just like it would be any time the name of God is given glory in our hearts and in our lives. Oh, church, arise. Will you rise up and be? Do you understand who the God is that you love and that you serve? difference he can make in your life and in the world around you the impact that he can bring in your community in your church and in your kingdom can you see it all we need to do is open our eyes will you pray with me Lord God I thank you for your word and truth As I read in Psalm 119, 
is a delight. It's our counselors. It's a heritage. God, the gift of the Spirit. I ask, O oh Lord, for each one of us to open our eyes wide. To have a God-sized faith and belief in you. To know who it is that you are and the promises that you give in our hearts and in our lives. That's all it takes to make an impact, one that's lasting forever. Might we rise up and accept that challenge? Might we be people of prayer? My hundreds gathered today at that school. Might we know, oh God, power as we just lay things before you and what it is that you can do because of who it is that you are. Open our eyes. Help us to see it, oh God. Whatever that might mean, the things that people are thinking about even now, strongholds in their life, problems, issues, whatever it might be. Help them to see who it is that you are to create living